Millennial Podcast. I am your one and only host, Alexandra. So thank you so much for joining me. These times are tumultuous, heart-wrenching, completely earth-shattering. The anti-racism solidarity protests that are happening not just in America, but around the world are something to be seen. I am in Canada and I admittedly have completely, I I have no words for the atrocities that we've witnessed. And, you know, we've, we've only witnessed, witnessed these lately just because of the advent of a phone being in a person's hand. Um, but in seeing the death of George Floyd, um, and hearing about the death of Breonna Taylor and so many others that have senselessly lost their lives at the hands of intolerance and ignorance, it took me a long time to find the courage truly to come here and do a podcast. I'm not going to pretend to be able to identify with these kinds of atrocities. I'm not here to make any kind of political statement. I'm completely aghast by some of the things that we're witnessing. And we can't pretend that any of these things are new. But I am fearful right now to enter into a debate like this because I know the heaviness that is this this topic, racism, intolerance, ignorance. They come together to make a truly intolerable world. And my gratitude right now are to those who are in the streets protesting with peace, giving us words and images that depict what we all really want, and that's a unified world where children, teenagers, young adults, adults, middle-aged adults, and seniors alike can be out in the street and feel free to be able to do what they can do to take care of their families, themselves, their health, and not fear for their lives because of the pigment of their skin. And it's interesting. Um, In in talking about this, I've spoken to my family about what's happened. And, you know, the only, the only theme that came out often were, um, was that the, 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 the politics, the politics right now are just unfathomable, but you know, it's so much deeper than that. And I'm realizing so much that, you know, a pond, a pond that's been resting for a long time that from the surface seems like there are no, there are no waves. It seems calm, but in that pond, once you start to rustle up what's in it, you will see things that come to the surface that have been dormant and need to come to the surface. It is time. We cannot go on like this. 
I've been in touch with many friends about what's happening right now. Um, I have friends from a myriad of different backgrounds, and I love that because it, it provides me with the kind of insight that I myself can't merely come up with on my own. It, it gives me valuable lessons, really, in what's happening right now, because as much as I wanted to have a show of solidarity on my behalf, I feel as though my voice really doesn't count for much because all I can speak to is my personal experience and the mild discrimination I've had to encounter or the bullying, um, you know, in terms of my particular ethnic background or, or if you will, uh, descendants. I am of Italian descendants, so it would be ill-placed of me to pretend like I can identify with the kind of atrocities that we see unfolding. And so I won't do that. And I'm going to speak to what I know in the best of my capacity, in my voice. And because I do have one, and I am going to use it to help us all empower each other just in terms of how we can talk to those who don't necessarily agree. You know, different hashtags are coming out now, such as, you know, the, the all lives matter versus the black lives matter, and just the kind of heat that something like that is getting. And I'm learning that no matter how much debate you want to enter into with someone, um, I take comfort in the fact that there are a lot of conversations happening right now around the world, around a table, among different facets of, you know, the hierarchy of a family, be it, you know, um, a different generation than, than let's say, um, a millennial or even, even younger than that. I mean, you know, generations will clash in terms of values and morals and more rays. So... I'm finding all of that very interesting and not everyone is as progressive as I had thought. Not everyone is as liberal as I had thought. So it's interesting because I'm approaching it with a very progressive, liberal-minded approach. But you know, for a lack of a better term, you know, some for for many it's not really black and white. Um, and the gray area is wild because it really does open up so many doors when you're talking about what's happening in the world right now. Um, and so I've learned, I've learned in, in debate and I've learned in heated conversations that I can't pursue, convince anyone who who doesn't have the mindset um, flexible enough to be able to want to learn. You know, I get so excited when I see a glimmer of hope and I'm talking to someone and, and, you know, they're maybe a little more rigid in their views and I'm seeing that light bulb moment when we're talking and, and they sort of, as I'm trying to explain where I'm coming from and, and I'm telling them what is happening in this injustice and I'm seeing, I'm seeing that sort of shift but my only role can be to listen, really, because as frustrating as a, 
as it is to sit across from someone who has a completely different view than mine. I can't fight fire with fire. It is completely anticlimactic to what's happening. I cannot fathom having distaste or hate because that is the root of the problem. The ignorance, the hate, the lack of education to how systemically this has been decades strong, if not centuries strong in our world, the kind of racial bias we have without even knowing that we have it is something that I cannot cure with a conversation. And I think that's been an adjustment for me to have to accept that I cannot pursue anyone to shake their core values. I can speak from the heart. I can talk facts. I can be authentic. And I can just be myself. So... I'm not going to preach from a self-righteous place. I'm not Oprah. I'm not... I have no place, really, um, to talk about this. I mean, and this has been such a humbling experience to be able to watch the news and formulate my own, my own ideas, my own thoughts, my own conclusions. And, you know, some people are more clued into what's happening. Some of the images remain horrific, um, which I believe do bring about change. You know, those images are necessary. Um, you know, some of them are gratuitous just with what we've witnessed with George Floyd, I think, and I'll be completely honest, I cannot watch it. I know what happens, obviously, but to watch it jars me beyond beyond what I can describe. And I wouldn't be able to unsee it. And I know a lot of us choose not to watch it. And that's okay, too. I think removing the judgment and making sure when we talk about what's happening to really make sure it's coming from a place of love. And as frustrating as that is, it, it's what has to happen. Anything short of that, I think, would probably just fuel the fire and fuel the hate. So as all of us are having really hard conversations right now that have to be had, don't get me wrong, they're necessary, but I just hope we all make sure that, you know, we understand that the human condition is complicated, that there are many perspectives to be had when someone holds an ignorant view of something. Sometimes, and this has been this has been throughout the pandemic too, actually. I mean, I, I've I've spoken to friends who have had, you know, these really deep conspiracy theories about the pandemic and the world health crisis. And I had to stay away from that because it started to sour my own mental health because I was so convinced that I would be able to talk, talk them out of their 
their fallacies and the false theories that they've adopted through some of the, I guess there's no other way to call fake media or fake news, but, you know, the the misinformation that was proliferating and still is proliferating about the the world health crisis right now. Um, I had to find a way to restore my own, my own faith and come back to my own values because I was getting sucked into this vortex of, okay, I have to make sure I send everyone this article and this article, and I have to make sure that, oh, that other point about, um, let's say COVID-19 having been artificially engineered. I have to make sure I send this article and this article about it. And I just became, I was trying to be some kind of teacher, maybe. I I thought here I have an opportunity to teach and, and you know, because I, I understand the media and I understand how things are edited, that maybe I can convince person X and Y to understand that, you know, that manipulation can happen and that sometimes things are edited to to be persuasive and then all of a sudden i thought to myself okay alexandra you have to understand that your your purpose is not to be able to go into someone's head and change their mind because they differ from your beliefs. Whether or not I'm speaking with someone who has different views, false views, views that are flawed, ignorant, racist, intolerant, unkind, as much as I can do my best to be able to speak to my truth and my fundamental values and perhaps even enlighten them with facts, but I had to stop. I had to stop. It was making me sick, truly. And that doesn't mean I'm giving up on my views or I'm, you know, admitting defeat. This is not a white flag situation. I'm merely upholding my own faith in myself. I noticed that the doubt was starting to set in to myself because if I doubted others, someone very wise told me, well, that must mean, Alexandra, you're doubting yourself. And that was such a powerful revelation because at the end of the day, if I am sitting there hearing a conspiracy theory, or hearing some kind of a racist rant. I can't doubt myself in that time. What I hope to impart today is that debate is okay. Ignorance and racism is not. But you have to know that you are going to come across people who have different views than yours. And I implore you, please don't do what I did. Don't become wrapped up in anger and resentment because you feel like your point has to be, has to come across as, as, 
as to be able to convince someone it's not, it's not your job. So shifting gears a little bit, um, during this time, I do have to speak to social media, um, just because that is where we all witnessed what happened. I spoke about social media on episode one and just how much it can drag you down. Um, not to say that you have to bury your head in the sand. That is completely not what I'm saying. But to the contrary, I think that sometimes social media has a way of reaching critical mass. And if you have to take a break, if you have to look at something funny, don't feel guilty about it. You can shift gears. You can shift gears and feel good about shifting gears. You can have a laugh. You can call a friend and just sort of pivot what's happening in your mind. It's okay. There's no need to feel bad about something like that. As much as there is gravity to what's happening, I also think that it's still our job to take care of ourselves and our mental health. Because these are weird times. And I have a feeling these weird times are not going to be going away just yet. So we have to be able to weather the internal storm too, because yes, what's happening is much greater than me and my microphone sitting at home right now in suburbia. I don't have a clue about the gravity of this situation, but I do know what it's like to spiral into a place that's dark because of what's happening around you and the lack of control you have with what's happening around you. So take it from me, take control of your mind and do something kind for yourself. Take the time out of your day to pause social media and do something that'll make you feel good, that'll make you laugh, that'll keep you connected to people. This is not putting your head in the sand. This is taking care of yourself. For any one of us also right now that are coming out of quarantine and are deconfining, we can also feel a little bit of uneasiness. I have to admit, these past uh, few days have been odd for me because quarantine here in Canada has shifted. We are allowed to have barbecues, um, but while maintaining social distance. So last week it was my birthday and, um, you know, we had my aunt and uncle here, my best friend popped by and my fiance also came by. Um, and I live with my family. So my parents and, um, you know, it was an odd kind of birthday where I was far away from my, my friends and my aunt and uncle and, um, and my fiance who I haven't hugged in a long time. So, you know, amid all of this craziness, we're still in the middle of a world health crisis, right? So all the interactions have taken a different twist and they've been sort of awkward as much as I'm delighted to see people I love again. Um, they're not necessarily very natural. They feel a little 
forced and distant and so you know it's there's there's a bit of hilarity and all that too because you know as you're as you're giving someone a you know glass of juice or or a glass of wine and you're giving them you know a piece of cake or we're sharing chips it's like oh but we can share chips oh but did you touch that chip oh but did you sit on that side of the table okay wait let me let me get up and then um I'm gonna walk around you it's just so odd and it's the most awkward thing I, I I can't get comfortable with this just yet. So um, there's been the sort of this social phobia that's set in really hard on my end. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that I think is kind of hilarious because, I mean, I was a social butterfly and now to be able to feel comfortable around people again is um, taking a bit of practice. So you know, it, it's uh, it's just an overall very special time, <laughs> very interesting time. Um, you know, a lot of masks. I'm seeing so many more masks now all around. Um, you know, Montreal and Quebec, and so it, it's. I'm happy to see it, but there's still a ton of people who are not wearing masks. And um, the the most the most hilarious thing that happened to me lately was when I went to my mechanic's um, garage and I was wearing a mask because I pulled into the garage and I wanted to make sure, you know, if anybody was too close that I felt safe. And so I sort of saw the mechanics look at each other and snicker and one mouthed to his colleague, he's like, oh, I guess she's scared or something. And I mean... Just that kind of judgment I thought was like, okay, like, let's all sort of accept each other right now. There's no need to make anybody feel more awkward. Trust me, this new normal is still something we're all adapting to. So if you see some strange behavior, if you see this sort of OCD thing setting in and you feel completely comfortable and don't feel like you need to wear a mask, but, you know, 99 of percent of people that you know around you really want to wear a mask don't don't judge those who want to wear one and don't make anybody feel badly for you know feeling like they need to protect themselves I mean it's it's such an odd time but it's like I feel as though I have to revert inward to feel okay in those moments because I have to I have to like self-soothe and it's so weird I have to remind myself okay don't get upset like Alexandra you have to understand that not everybody feels the same level of threat and some people feel are probably a little more I don't want to say nonchalant but a little more comfortable with what's happening and you know that's to their own risk and their own perhaps detriment and you're doing you're doing what's right for you so it becomes this whole dialogue with myself but you know guys just be good to each other I mean be good to each other is is the only thing we can do right now um be kind be compassionate and moreover be compassionate to yourself my friend okay that's all I have for today so thank you so much again for joining guys please um follow me on twitter the anxious coach and follow me on instagram uh, the anxious millennial podcast 
Thank you so much again for joining. And until the next time, peace and be healthy, guys. Full disclosure, I am not a mental health professional. My name is Alexandra. I am an anxious millennial, and I'm just here to share my own experience and things that I've gone through that can perhaps shed light and help us feel part of a bigger community. Um, Anxiety is something that we all have in different amounts, but my only hope is to share with you some coping strategies that have worked for me and perhaps tell you a story or two along the way that can make you smile or make you laugh. So please share with your friends, like, and subscribe to my podcast. Thank you so much for being here.